Hello and welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Shane's Back Porch here in beautiful Spring Hill, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Debbin, and joined as I am every week is the trapper to my Hawkeye, Mr. Shane Reeves. Well, that's probably the kindest compliment I've ever been paid. Sorry, the, I'm holding the microphone tonight, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to be chasing it all night. This is going to be a bit of, bit interesting. We're sitting side by side, which we don't normally do, in lounge chairs, which, I mean, given how much how little sleep I've had this week, this is dangerous. <laughs> I noticed you put the pillow in the floor. I wondered if that was yeah. part of it. <laughs> I'll be laid out by the second half of the show. I'll just be talking <laughs> from down here. Be sloped down, but that's okay. Well, we're they're having a special event at the shop tonight, and so we decided we would come do it old style, where it all started on the back porch. We haven't recorded out here in like 200 episodes. Yeah, been a, been a while since we have and all, and I love my back porch. Let me just say to the world, covered the back porch, it's 12 by 24, it is perfect. I set up the handrails where we would have privacy. You know, instead of doing... That, so that's why you're recording without pants on. That's... Well, I always record without pants on. <laughs> but they... um, Yeah, but you usually leave the boxers on. That's why I'm a little nervous. <laughs> well, I'm at home, man. If you can't relax at home, where can you relax? And on, you may hear me stop to shoot a fly here in a few minutes. But... <laughs> Anyway. I want to see how you do that without putting the mic down. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I'll have to, I'll, we'll have to see. I'll have to have one land. But first, let's light our cigars. We've been going on and on about the surroundings. Let's let's air it out. All right. So uh, you were kind enough to gift me a cigar tonight. And uh, you said that there's a bit of a story behind this. So I'll let you tell that once I'm trying to get it lit. But this is the Christophe Lajero Maduro uh, in a Toro size, which I didn't think you had any in your humidor. So I was... Not, you know, pleased to see that. Uh, Christoph is one of those that you don't see all the time. I don't know that we've ever smoked a Christoph on the show. I, so I used to be a big Christoph fan. My shop down in Atlanta carried them, and I really, really enjoyed them. But then one day, they get a new shipment of the Christoph Maduro. It tasted like the fertilizer that they used to grow the tobacco. It tasted like horse crap. Or it smelled like, like it smelled like poop. And I kept trying to get, I mean, it didn't so much taste like it, but you could get, I mean, you get so much of your taste from smell anyway that it was just really hard to get past. I smoked probably five of them just trying to, and and I just couldn't do it. And I have not picked up a Kristoff since. Is it just me or does Kristoff seem to gather moisture? Better than most cigars. It seems to me like I'll get a slower burn, a heavier cigar. It seems to me in a humidor that the, something about the way they make the Kristoff seems more humid. I will give you that. It is definitely a slower burning cigar. I mean, that's always been the case. They used to not come with cellophane. Uh, they used to be sort of packed, you know, uh, in just bulk tobacco leaf around without any. And, and I don't know if. I guess I assume that's where that came from. I don't know. But, yeah, they are. I mean, it's an all-Dominican cigar. I find that Dominican burns slower than uh, Nicaraguan and others anyway. But I believe this one actually has a Brazilian wrapper. Yeah, it's a Brazilian Maduro wrapper over Cuban seeds, uh, Dominican binder, and Dominican and Nicaraguan filler. So it's a little bit 
from everywhere. Well, and I'll tell you this. This is kind of where that cigar comes from. That's the last one of a four-pack. And don't sleep on the four-pack, folks. Mm-hmm. When you see the four-packs of cigars, it's all, is you know, that comes from the factory that has the humidification already in it. That is, I've had a great success, right? You know, Southern Draw did a very successful four-pack, and I got that one's the Christoph Bold four-pack, and even the um, Esteban Carreras four-packs. All the four-packs that I've got have been just amazing. I would rather buy five of them and have the equivalent of a box of cigars, and usually you can get that for less. Absolutely, and they're, I mean, they're great. I think Perdomo probably pioneered this. You could get the Maduro or the Sun Grown or the Connecticut across, and because they do so many different lines, you could you could easily you know sample the best of what they had to offer in the Sun Grown wrapper in the Maduro wrapper. And now you're definitely seeing more people go this way. I believe um, doesn't yeah Alec Bradley does one. There's My, a there's a bunch. I mean, La Christoph, Aurora does one too, don't they? La Aurora does one. Christoph actually had three different varieties at the store I was at. They had the bold, the medium, and the the mild or Connecticut, whatever they called it, and they were just excellent. But I need to get my cigar lit. We've sat here and talked about yours for too long, and all. <laughs> so I we talked about this on the cigar under eight a couple mm-hmm. of days ago, or a couple of weeks ago, and it's the Surrogate Slatelier Bone Crusher Robusto. Boy, I messed that up. You want to try again? Hey, this is a surrogate bone crusher. There you go. Now, this is a great cigar. This is the fullest of full-bodied. There's no mistaking this is a lot of cigar. It's a small size. It's five and a quarter by 55, but it is a full... It'll take me definitely the whole show plus to smoke this cigar. Um... Connecticut Broadleaf Maduro wrapper. The binders and fillers are Nicaraguans, but um, just a wonderful cigar. I've been looking forward to this cigar all day. I had two of them in the humidor, and I told you, I said, hey, if you want a bone crusher, we'll both be smoking the same cigar. And it's, you know, it's it's odd that I turned down a cigar based on strength. It's it's very odd that I would do that, because, but it's just one of those days where, you know, on an empty stomach, it just didn't feel like the right thing to do, especially if you're warning me about strength. I know it's going to pack quite a bit of punch. Did you just set a fly on fire? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> he landed on my iPad, and I had a, li- a lit lighter in my hand, so I let him have so, it. You can only put two and two together and come up with four. This may be how my house gets burnt down. Mm-hmm. A burning fly flies into <laughs> All that time spent worrying about the dove making a nest on top of your junction boxes, and it's going to be at your own hand. She'll be back. She usually comes out about this time of the afternoon and sets on the roof of that house over there and gives me the evil eye. For being in her house? Yes, because me and Ace, Ace has become my stalwart companion mm-hmm. in chasing the dove. And me and him get the evil eye from her all the time. But let's talk about some cigar stuff. Let's do it. Best story of the week. Cigars reach the top of Mount Everest. This, I think this is phenomenal. Well, so climbing Mount Everest, um, it's, the, it's the, the pinnacle. There's really nothing else you can say about it. There's like, what, only 2,000 people in the world ever made it to the top of Mount Everest? Yeah, and, yeah. and when you think about Sir Edmund Hillary and Tenzig Norgate first made it up in the late 60s, so that's 2,000 people. That's only been in 
just uh, you know less than or just about fifty years or so that that's happened. Well, actually, the article says approximately four thousand people have reached a twenty nine hundred foot summit or twenty nine thousand foot summit, and more than three hundred have perished in the attempt. Well, that's yeah. That's a that's that's long odds, and it still happens. I mean, it's not one. You know, we think about car travel and plane travel, and and uh, and even sports, uh, auto racing being a good one, where technology keeps improving to the point that fatalities go down per capita. Uh, Somebody ever says in one of those, it no. is still just as dangerous today as it ever was. Part of that's because of overcrowding, because. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry thinks that he can make it now, which is kind of a shame, but also why I want to do it, because I really feel like I could. Yeah, I have no desire. I have not been given the go-ahead to attempt uh, that yet, but it yeah. is on my bucket list. Yeah, I have no desire to climb Mount Everest. But anyway, on May 24th at 5.30 a.m. local time, Yevgen Staroselvesky concluded a two-month journey across three continents from Havana to Europe to Tibet and reached the top of Mount Everest carrying a box of St. Louis Ray Herfing Exclusivo Media Oriente cigars. That's pretty cool. Just carrying the title up makes me tired. <laughs> the title alone is worth a few ounces in the back. Yeah, he's... Um, he holds the title of Snow Leopard for climbing 13 peaks over 7,000 meters tall. Wow. And to date, he's climbed 120 different summits and mountain routes in various countries. This is his first shot at Everest, and he succeeded. Now, here's what's interesting. These cigars were not smoked. and I have a, You wouldn't be able to. I, I wondered that. I wondered if there'd be enough oxygen to keep it lit. I, I don't... You could probably keep it... You might be able to keep it lit based on oxygen content, but you certainly wouldn't be able to smoke it because you have to be on oxygen to be up that high anyway. Yeah, it's the death zone up there, the last yeah. little while of it. And uh, so he But still, to be able to smoke it when you got back down to base camp would be pretty cool, too. Well, now this is what's interesting. He didn't do that either. <laughs> he took them home to Cuba, and he is selling them for 300 bucks a stick. You're close. The box he carried on his expedition was number 0008 out of 7,500 boxes produced and had been chosen specifically by Phoenicia Trading for the trip. The number eight is considered lucky in the Chinese culture. Okay. I got a question. All right. So they're in Tibet with Cuban cigars of a Swedish dude or Russian dude. How did Chinese culture get involved? Are we just trying to cover all the bases? The China-Tibet... There's, I mean, it's it's kind of tumultuous in terms of who owns it, and and you know, so there's there's a lot of Chinese influence in that region. Seems like there's a lot of culture going on in this story, but anyway, um, it's very diverse. So the box will be sold at auction on November eighth during the fortieth anniversary celebration of Phoenicia Trading in Beirut, London, with all proceeds going to charity. So what do you give a box of St. Louis Ray that have been to the top of Everest? So box of 20 cigars. Yeah. Those St. Louis Rays should go for about 25 bucks a stick. Right. So we're at, what, $500 just retail value to begin with? Right. Uh, two grand. Oh, no. I bet it blows that I away. I bet it. You asked what I would pay for it. Oh, 
Okay. <laughs> I, I'd be very surprised if it goes for less than five figures. Joining you live from my porch with the cheapest man in America, Trey Dedman. <laughs> so what do you... I just admitted to paying, to be willing to pay two grand for a box of cigars, and you're going to call me the cheapest man in America? You won't even be able to get a whiff of them for two grand. No. I, it'll go for at least ten. I bet it goes six figures. Really? Okay, who else is going to get a box of cigars to the top? And you think about the amount of stupid money that's out there now. It's a good point. But also, I feel like I may be one of only a handful of people who smoke cigars and appreciate cigars who actually has any desire kind of with Everest. So I feel like... Now, I think a lot of people appreciate Everest and, and what it takes to get to the top, but I feel like it's a really small market of people that would have extra interest in a box of cigars based on having been to the summit of Everest. And the other question I have, does he at least get one of them? Well, you would He's think. He's the one that huffed them all the way up. He should at least get one cigar. Whoever buys that box of cigars, you better give the guy... You owe him a cigar. You owe him a cigar. Well, and here's my question. You know, this this and story... And don't be like Tom Brady and turn it down. Yeah. Yeah, I never smoke. Yeah. This story tears me apart because, on one hand, it's an amazing, it's a great accomplishment. You know, they did everything right. There's the picture of him holding the cigars. That's awesome. It's not, on the, not from the top of Everest. It's from probably the last base camp or something. But... Um, and they're a good size. Those look like six by sixties. Yeah, they do look pretty good size. I mean, they they didn't skimp on the size of those cigars. But um, but the other hand is okay. Well, hauling them to the top of Everest probably did not improve the flavor any. <laughs> yeah, they spent a lot of time in very low humidity. <laughs> yeah, super low. Well, and they actually mentioned that the article's on Cigar Aficionado. In case I didn't mention that. Um. And they mentioned that, you know, they did have them sealed in a bag with a humida pack so that they could go up there and not dry out totally. Yeah. But I thought that was an interesting story. What an interesting... I mean, like I, like I kind of said earlier, you know, the crossroads between Everest and cigars is is not super wide, I wouldn't think. So to have that idea, I think, is is pretty interesting. Yeah. It's, I can think of a lot of things that people would want to take to Everest before cigars, I guess, is that what... Yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting. It's a cool idea. I'm glad somebody did it. Um, I'm not sure uh, that, you know, if I won the lottery tomorrow, I'm not sure that I would even buy it. Yeah. And I, I guess it would depend on what the charity was for. Yeah. You know, well, if it's and, the right and charity. And that's the difference between you and I. If I won the lottery tomorrow, I that would be on my list. That would be a purchase? That that, that would, absolutely. You you would buy your brand new Volkswagen Rabbit? And go buy, go get one of these. It's a Volkswagen thing, actually. Oh, you want the thing? Oh man, there are a bunch of them for sale right now, and I oh, I want one so bad. A bunch of them for sale. Two are running, but the bunch of them for sale. <laughs> All you have to do is replace the rubber band and revive the hamster, and it'll work again. True. Okay. So I don't like to grumble a lot. I try. I try not. <laughs> Just this to. once, Shane. Okay. Well, I, I try not to. There's a fly on my iPad. <laughs> 
I don't know what the deal is with the flies out here. We're tonight. not going to be able to record out here anymore if you get too <laughs> distracted by the flies. Well, there's one been sitting on my leg now for about most of the show, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm hoping he's a fan. I'm just hoping that's what it is, is he's a big enough fan that he's wanted to be part of the show, and he knows my salt gun ain't loaded. But anyway, the Libertarian Republic, Economic Freedom and Personal Liberty... Their motto, there can be no truly moral choice unless the choice is made in freedom. So, that's that's got a lot of weight behind it and doesn't really say that much. Well, let me just say, I tend to lean right. Mm -hmm. I lean pretty far right. I'm probably further right than you, definitely further right than Jay or some of the other people we know. In the shop, I'm not the furthest right. No, definitely not. (laughs) But I'm, I'm pretty far right. But this... This guy on here, what's his name, Um, posted on his Twitter account, smoking a cigar, wearing a Stetson. Don't even tell his name. Have a cigar, the government hates it. If the reason you're having a cigar is because the government hates it, you're doing... You've missed the point. Yeah, you're you're missing totally the point. And this guy really looks like a winner. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, he's, yeah. He's he's about as hipster as it gets. Well, oh, Caleb Schumate, author. You know, instead of unemployed, they write author. Yeah, he's but, probably a student of life as well. Yeah, I'm just going to say, don't have a cigar because the government hates it. Don't have a cigar because it makes somebody mad. Don't have a cigar because you want to enjoy a cigar. This is like, you know, Punch Cigars a few years ago uh, came out with a shirt. And you've probably seen it or, or the poster with the same motto. And it says, uh, I use my cigar smoke as idiot repellent. And while I get what they were going, and Punch there for a while, their marketing strategy was to be sort of antagonistic it, right. in, in a playful way. And it worked for them. Uh, but that was one of those that I always thought kind of missed the mark a little bit for me because it, it kind of is that same thing of doing something not because you enjoy it, but because other people dislike it. Well, I'm just saying, if the reason you're smoking a cigar is to make a liberal mad or to fight the liberal agenda, they've already won. Yeah. The fact that you're putting that much energy into something just to make them mad, have you not already lost? Yeah, exactly. You're giving them space in your head rent-free. And, you know, the only the only person you're really hurting there is yourself. I, you know, it's just... it. Well, I forgot where I was going with that. Well, <laughs> I just thought the real reason I brought up this article is... I am prone to expound against liberal ideals and left theology. But I want to be fair and even. We have dummies on the right side, too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just the fact of it. How's the Kristoff going for you? It's treating me really well. I It's a lot more subdued than I remember. I remember the Kristoff packing a little bit more punch than this. But it's the flavor it's bringing is really, really good. You can definitely taste the Lajero. And as a as a cigar with with quite a lot of different origins to the tobacco going on, you know the Brazilian wrapper, the Nicaraguan Dominican filler, it's the the flavors are playing together really well. I'm not getting the dryness from the Nicaraguan. Um, I'm getting some very smooth sort of earthen flavors from the Dominican tobacco. I'm really liking it. Well, the surrogate, the bone crusher, is just excellent. I mean, I've only smoked, you know, maybe an inch of it, but it's just a slow burn cigar. Mm-hmm. This is just not a cigar that's going to burn real fast, and you don't want it to. You don't want to try to handle it 
smoking at 90 mile an hour. Right. So just a, a great cigar. It is, and I don't want to overstress that it's strong so much that people think it's not balanced. Mm-hmm. It's balanced. Well, and we've talked before about you can have strength without, you can have, you know, a lot of strength without having harsh flavor. Right. You know, just because something is full flavor doesn't mean it's going to knock your socks off. And just because something knocks your socks off doesn't mean it doesn't have any flavor. Right. And in the second half of the show, I've got an article that's actually a great article. It's from the Rob Report. It's about the seven most satisfying cigars of the year. And one of their categories is most complex. So I really like that that category. That is a great category. One more story before we jump to the break. All right, let's tease this with you before the show. All right. What band do you think's writer would le- be least likely to include cigars? There were so many that came to mind immediately. And, it, it, you know, I mentioned a boy band at first, and you said that wasn't it. So I'm thinking, okay, if I look more towards band itself, uh, probably I, you know, any of the hipster bands, like... Uh, Imagine Dragons or Maroon 5 or one of those would be the ones I would say most likely not. Well, the Jonas Brothers. Oh! <laughs> now, Never they, in a million years. Weren't they a Disney property? They were. And actually, um, Joe and Kevin are big cigar smokers. And they make that part of their rider for all of their I have a little more shows. respect for the Jonas Brothers now. Yeah, I can like them a little more. And of course, then you see the picture of them smoking and you see that... You lose it. Oh, because they're obviously posing. Oh, yeah, they're obviously, you Don't know, look natural at all. Yeah, they they don't look like the cigars touched their lips yet because it might have messed up their lip gloss. That looks like an inflamed colon. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong picture. <laughs> and I'll, I was gonna what ask, you Google on your own time is your business, Shane. I was, was going to ask you about your medical opinion on that in a little bit. <laughs> oh, but. Yeah, they're, it looks like they're trying a little hard. But it well, it looks like they're trying just to look super casual, and all instead of and highlighting someone, the cigar. As someone who has just done a, an engagement session photo shoot, I can tell you, trying to look casual is the hardest dang thing in the world. Yeah, the just half of the half of the pictures we got back looked like we were posing for a press release that we were starting a new local pizzeria. I mean, it was just... <laughs> so, I also have something against guys wearing tank tops. You know I do, too. Nobody looks good in a tank top. No. I, I have one tank top that I own, and it is expressly for running. And I don't wear it any other time whatsoever. That is the only, only time where it makes sense. This whole... This whole sun's out, guns out movement needs to go away. Yeah. No guy looks good in a tank top. No, just give it up, fellas. Conduct yourself. And I'm going to tell you something, guys. Women are much more interested in your personality than their body. Especially your hairy armpits. Yeah. None of, but That's anyway. not something you need to be accentuating and showing off. But anyway. Moving on. We're going to stack away from the break. We're having a really subdued show tonight. We're going to have to pick up the energy during the second half of the show, but... I think it's the environment. I mean, the weather's perfect. It's, what, 70-something degrees? It's 76, and the humidity dropped so severely today that it's just perfect out here. Well, and I smoked us a big pork shoulder to have after after the show. very much looking forward and to. And there's kind of the lingering aroma of pork in the air. 
Then I'll worry if it's on the grill all day. So it, this is we're really getting too laid back. We're gonna have to. We're, I may have to shoot you with do the some salt jumping jacks in the during the break. <laughs> so we'll be back in a minute. Shane here with this week's Cigar Under 8. want to talk about a really cool cigar. This is one of my favorite kind of occasional smokes. And it's rare that we get a cigar that's this unique in the Under 8 category. Yeah, this is the Asylum Ogre. And it's called the Ogre because it's a barber pole and it's Candela barber pulled up. It kind of like the Alec Bradley Filthy Hooligan. Very similar, yeah. And I don't know which one came out first. I would have to do some show prep and see which one come out first. But the Ogre, it comes in Robusto. It comes in the 6x60 Gordo. It comes in the 7x70, which is like a stick of stove wood. But a lot of flavor in this cigar, and that Candela smooths it out. And also, it being mixed with the Maduro and the Barber Pole, means that you don't get overwhelmed with Candela. If you're someone like me who doesn't really like Candela, it's a great... A sort of mild blend. Well, a little candela goes a long way, but right. I've always really enjoyed the Asylum Ogre. Um, you know, you pick them up anywhere from six to eight dollars. Even the big ones are only about eight dollars each. Right. And uh, it's just a great cigar. Um, we don't talk a lot about Asylum cigars, but they produce a solid stick. Yeah, their construction, their quality is is right on on where it should be. Yeah, and it's a um, Maduro wrapper with the candela going around the outside so just a great cigar until next week try the asylum ogre welcome back to the cigar cast i'm one of your hosts shane here with my millennial mirror mr trey deadman so you can say hi now hello okay so during the during the break, I'm so trying. You've just shown me the video, and I still don't get the joke. I'm I'm okay. I'm working on it. I'm heading that way. So much has changed between our generations, and we're really not that far apart in age, which is the remarkable piece. Yeah, there's about what 12, 15 years. We're well, thirty. I'm thirty two. Thirty two. I'm forty four. So yeah, or forty two. I think I'm forty two. <laughs> I don't know. It was a long time ago. You rely on your born. wife to tell you those details. That's right. It, it, I was born a long time ago. How am I expected to remember <laughs> the exact day? <laughs> but anyway, uh, but there is a lot of the time difference was a huge change. Yeah. You know, because I was born in the end of the 70s. You were born in the end of the 80s. Right. Which is astronomical. But I would, I would go, I would clarify that to say I was. Born in the late 80s, but in a very rural town. It was still 1978 in my town when I was born in 86. I wondered why that picture of your dad holding you, he had a mullet. <laughs> I was wondering how that worked. But so I'm doing, I played for Trey, the classic, the fall guy. Lee Major starred in it, produced by Glenn A. Larson, who, by the way, produced so many of my favorite shows. He did the A-Team, right? He did Night... I don't know. He didn't do A-Team. He did Night Rider. Okay. He did Auto Man. He did Manimal. I remember Manimal. Or, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He did all these great shows, but the Fall Guy theme... Okay. 
from your viewpoint, was it a little creepy or was it yeah, It was a little on the creepy side. Well, because you really come in the, at the tail end of the romance of the stuntman. Right. It seems like, you know, CGI has robbed us of the romance of the stuntman. It really has. But also, you've got people like Tom Cruise and Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee famously being probably among the first to, to do their own stunts. Right. And it really changed the fabric of how films were made because now you could get these great close-ups and you didn't have to do, um, you know, dump jumps and you didn't have to do, you know, the, the, the camera tricks. But if you'd asked me at 12 to 16 years old, dream job, stuntman. Stuntman. I, I think so. I think there's a lot of people like that. And it seems like that that, that romance has never... Never really did. What we have to do is we have to get Austin on the show and kind of get all three stages. Yes. Because he's neck deep in the millennial life. He is. And all. But okay, coming back to cigars. Sorry, I just had to. I probably worked too hard for that one, but I've always wanted to to get someone else's opinion on the fall guy. Because to me, it's a little creepy because he keeps talking about all the women. Right. And every, every verse starts with, well, I have this with this woman. And then I fell off a bridge, and I had this with this woman, and I fell off a plane, and I fed this with this woman, and I got set on fire. <laughs> yeah, seemed- it was it was it was an era where it was that was part of the, the that was part of the draw. Well, the culture of masculinity, right? And I think that's that's something. Now here's where I bring it back to cigars. I think the culture of masculinity is changing. Absolutely, and all, and but I think the cigar is still the masculine symbol. I think it's still, you know, still to this day, how do you celebrate a Super Bowl unless you're Tom Brady? You smoke a cigar. You know, how do you, you know, the World Cup, when they win it, they smoke a cigar. It's, I think it's still an icon of masculinity is the cigar. Yeah, I, I would give you that. I would say, I would say it's not strictly masculine, but it is definitely, I mean, you and I both know several women who smoke cigars and I don't think it detracts from femininity. But I do think, yeah, when you're celebrating something big, birth of a child or a, a great accomplishment, hey, you got the promotion, you got the Johnson, you know, contract or whatever, like those cigars. Like, you know, I think there's, I think, I think you're right that that still holds as being that, that kind of symbol. It's still iconic. Mm-hmm. So, Rob Report. Now, this is a great, if you don't subscribe to Rob Report or ever look at their Hang website. Hang on a second. I'm going to stop you there. I got in a Facebook argument with someone this week. Okay. It, it, kind of as it pertains to this. Oh, by all means. So. This wasn't about the Super Mario and the plumbers? No. Okay. This was, so, uh, Beverly Hills, we talked about on the show a couple of weeks ago, banned tobacco cells within the city limits, which, if you look at the city limits of Beverly Hills, it's like three acres. Right. I mean, it's not a big borough. So our local news affiliate for NBC posted a story about it. And so, of course, I love playing what I call comment bingo. You know, anytime there's a story posted by this news outlet, I, I know I'm going to see, you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Right. Is, is one of those that's going to put. Anyway, so they did this article about the smoking or the tobacco ban in, in Beverly Hills. And, of course, someone comments about well, of, except for the three cigar bars, so they can still sell tobacco. So now only Rich Whitey can, you know, can still have tobacco, but class warfare, blah, 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 all this stuff. And so I just, I couldn't let it go. I, I, I'm usually pretty good at walking by things like that, and I had to, 
this big long soliloquy about how I don't think there's any hobby or pastime in on this planet that is more inclusive and diverse than smoking cigars. Yeah, I mean, we've been I've spent hours and hours in a cigar shop. The clientele is very varied, very varied. Is that a word? Yeah. Is, that, is that proper use? Quite of that varied. Quite varied. Okay, it's quite varied. And you know, at the poker game, yeah, you know, we'll have white guys, black guys. We have Vietnamese guys. We had some Korean guys come in there and play with us. We have old guys. We have young guys. Rich guys, poor guys, and it, and that was that was kind of the crux of my argument. Of like, because people still have this vision, like you were talking about the the symbol of a cigar, as being the Monopoly man. Of being, you know, the Vanderbilts and the Rothschilds, and and it's just, but that's just not what it is. No, and if you know, and here's the thing. Here's my my thing about it. Okay, so let's say they're right, and it is elitists getting to smoke, and they're banning the sale of cigarettes and cigars to to the lesser tax bracket. So what? At the end of the day, so but that's what? not equal, Shane. And I got And let me let me ask: How much low tax bracket is going on in Beverly Hills? It, well, and that's <laughs> the other thing. You know, it's yeah. You're talking about one of the richest area codes or zip codes in the country. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you can really play the poor, poor, pitiful, poor person. I mean, and here's the deal. And folks. that's not me speaking against poor people. I am one. So, <laughs> so it's just, but it's just that, that idea that somehow taking away freedoms is, is a, a form of, you know, class warfare or, you know, that it's only rich, you know, moguls of industry that are, that are enjoying this hobby. It just doesn't, I, I just can't sit by and let someone say something like that and not comment on it. No, it just, and, but there's always, you know, hurt people hurt people. Right. There's always people that are going to be envious, that are going to be, have been hurt at one point in their life, that are going to want to lash out. And social media gives every idiot a voice. Right. I mean, that's just part of the society we live in. But let's talk about something fun. <laughs> Speaking of people in the upper income bracket, let's talk about the Rob Report. That's right, the Rob Report. Now, they cover luxury items, and, you know... We talked about it a few weeks ago. A man of leisure is always my goal. Mm-hmm. Trey, there's a fly right between you. Yeah, and you, you are and not I. allowed to shoot it. So, <laughs> uh, we Shane's mentioned it a couple of times. He's got a salt gun, and I don't know mm-hmm. if you've seen this on Amazon or online or whatever. It's basically a little pump action kind of plastic shotgun looking thing, and it fires table salt. And you use it, and you can take flies out of midair with this thing. It only hurts a little when you get shot with it. And during the break, he had about four flies swarming around the table between us. And I caught some friendly fire. from. I, I could be turned into bacon at this point because of how much salt I've got. So there's a fly directly between us right now. You are not allowed to shoot that thing until I move. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> and I'll, maybe he's a but, fan. But seriously, look up that salt gun and get one. They're awesome. Oh. Bug Assault is what they're called. It's actually called the Bug-A-Salt gun. Um, they're wonderful. I've had mine for about three years. I've, I've destroyed wasp nests with my Bug Assault. 
I went out on my porch and there was a wasp nest and I just unloaded like I was, you know, in an 80s action flick, <laughs> just pulling the trigger and pulling the, the slide as quick as I could and killed a whole wasp nest. They'll destroy wasps and bees. Oh, wow. I didn't now, know you could get something that robust with it. Yeah. Flies, you've got to get under them because I got a little hard carapace. He's really trying me. He is. But anyway, okay, back to back to the article we've now started four times. Okay. <laughs> now just... that we're halfway through the second half of the show. So, Rob Report, the seven most satisfying cigars of the year. Now, satisfying is an interesting I really approach. like their word choice there. Yeah, we can't stop thinking about these sensational stogies. Um, so, Big Smoke, the most smoke production. And I like this because, you know, that's something we talk about in cigars is what's the plume coming off of it? Mm-hmm. Like, what's all the smoke? How is that? And for me, and I've talked about this before, that is part of my enjoyment. I yeah. like a cigar that puts out a good volume of smoke. Rocky Patel, Hamlet, 25th year Solomon. Now, I do have to stop and correct Rob report. Is that a picture of a Rocky Hamlet uh, Solomon? No, that is not. <laughs> that's a Toro, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. But anyway. They're talking about the the amount of volume of smoke delivered by this Hamlet 25-year Solomon. And and Rockies, by and large, do tend to put out a good volume of smoke. There's something about that. There, you know, that's part of the experience of the cigar. And uh, I think LFD is kind of the leader. Yes, that's Trey Spitting. You all are hearing. I was trying. <laughs> I was trying to get away from the mic. You, you failed. <laughs> well, I'm dealing with some tobacco salad over here. Okay. And I'll, for me, LFD seems to be, and for making smoke rings, it's hard to beat LFD. And I'll. See, the last couple I've had from them, I didn't find that to be the case, and it's why I don't smoke just a whole lot of them. I feel like the draw's tight and the smoke is low. I will say, it seems like LFD's been on the downturn. I, and I'll, you know, I mean, I've not smoked near as many of them as I used to. I haven't either. It just, I, I feel like, kind of like we talked at the top of the show, there are cigars that pack a punch. And cigars that do it with a lot of flavor, I don't even feel like the strength is there anymore quite like it used to be. And I don't know if it's that other cigars have started increasing their strength game and it's kind of overshadowing LFD a little bit. But I don't find them to be as strong as they once were and I don't get any flavor out of them anymore. It's interesting. I will say over the last year, my enjoyment of LFD has gone down dramatically. And that's saying a lot coming from you because you used to smoke I used LFD to be a, yeah. a, a lot. I mean, I went through a box of double Aheros. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I really enjoyed them. Now, most complex. This is a great choice. The Cohiba Spectre. The $100 cigar. Yeah. I'll take their word for it. Well, that that's the beauty of this choice. You, you could call this smoke the most complex, the most flavorful, the biggest smoke. And no one's ever going to call you on it. The easiest. Li- yeah, nobody's ever going to call you on it because there's two classes of people. People like yourself that say, well, I'm not spending $100 to find out. And people that, hell, I spend $100. I bet it better have the best smoke and be the exactly. most complex. But most complex, Cohiba Spectre, what's most complex cigar you smoke? What would what gives you the most deep down trying it benefit? Have we set the ashtray on fire? <laughs> I think the ashtray's on fire. Yeah, I think there's a wrapper on it. Oh, okay. Uh, a label on fire in there. Um, the, I was I was trying to think of this when you brought it up, and the cigar that jumped out at me for like my gut reaction is the Avo Heritage. 
Yeah, I can I can see that. Very complex cigar. Got a lot of flavor. Um, for me, it's going to be the DNA. That is, that is. I've been having some draw issues with that cigar lately. Well, here's the thing. The Heritage is such a full-bodied cigar. I feel like full-bodied is not the enemy of complexity, but it's more difficult to it get is. the complexity And that's why I for. think the Heritage does it so well, because it it shines through. And I get great flavor. Uh, the smell is phenomenal. And it's just an all-around great cigar. And it's really budget-friendly for a cigar that, that has that much going on. Aroma as a, as a feature. The aroma the people walk by and they say, oh, that's a cigar. That smells good. Hmm. And I'll, or the, the, you know, you walk into a shop and you say, I know what he's smoking right. without looking at the label. And I'll, they say the Regis Maduro, I've never had it. It's been a long time since I've had one, and it's been so long that I don't remember well enough to comment. But for me, aroma, the the cigar I could sm- I could pick out of a crowd. KFC. KFC. Yeah. Every time I can walk in and I can tell you, hey, he's holding a KFC. Yeah, that is that is definitely. But I think that's also such a polarizing cigar that whether or not you like that, it's definitely the most recognizable. I don't know if I would say it's the most enjoyable for everyone. I like the smell of it, but I could see how it wouldn't be considered. I will say that the sanctuary I had from uh, Crowned Heads, the Smoker's Abbey exclusive, mm-hmm. smelled phenomenal. And I think it's because of that Lydakia or or what they still haven't released exactly what it was, but that pipe tobacco looking and smelling is phenomenal. Historical tribute. So, the historical tribute cigar, I'm not sure, you know, this one thing they didn't do is they didn't... Um, Elaborate on... Yeah. Yeah. You know, and which I kind of like or kind of don't like. I kind of like... Leave the, it up to your own judgment kind of thing. Right. They said the My Father's Cigars La Gran Oferta, which I can agree with. I've smoked a couple, really enjoy that smoke. Um, it does smell, it does feel like the classic cigar taste, you know... The cigar I'm smoking now, the Bone Crusher, this is a modern cigar. Mm-hmm. This has a very modern flavor. There's a lot of technology and a lot of work went into making this cigar be this strong, but this well-blended and this smooth. Right. And I'll, the older cigars are kind of, they're not as smooth. No, and they tend to have more oak and leather type flavors to them. They tend to be, and versus the spice and the pepper. And uh, you get a lot more, like, chocolate and sweetness kind of out of modern cigars as well as pepper. Um, I would tell you what my vote for that category would be, but you'd be finding a new co-host. So I'll keep that one to myself. Oh, you got to tell me now. Uh, The Nat Sherman Timeless. We don't smoke Nat Sherman on this show. And I haven't since it came out. But that is what a cigar of yesteryear tasted like. The other cat, one of the other categories, I didn't cover all the categories because some of them were just a little too obscure. But the other category is the cigar bar. What is the greatest cigar bar? Now, they have labeled it the Monte Cristo Cigar Bar in Vegas in Caesars. And I haven't been there yet. I've been to Casa Fuente in Caesars, but I have not been to the Monte Cristo Lounge yet. Yeah, I haven't. 
You know, but the thing is for me, that that's a tough category because I don't like cigar bars. I like cigar shops. You know, the closest thing we come to hanging out at a cigar bar is Casa. But even it's a lounge first. Yeah. and Unless you know, you're there on Friday, Saturday night. Yeah. You know, we've got a, a great restaurant here in town. And they would be outstanding if they could decide whether they want to be a restaurant or a bar. Mm-hmm. But you can't be both. Right. You've got to pick a lane and stay in it. I would much rather be in a lounge that serves a little liquor than in a bar that lets you smoke cigars. Right. And all. And, but this, you know, it's Vegas. It's kind of the exclusivity of it. It's the, the destination smoke. I, I can say this, that if they had picked a cigar shop that wasn't in Vegas, I would have been surprised. Yeah, that's true, because it is so iconic to be there. There's a famous one in Miami as well. Um, but, I mean, by and large, I mean, Vegas has it going on. I, yeah. I'm actually kind of surprised it wasn't uh, Casa Fuente. Well, so, well, I, you know, and I'll t- I've t- said it before on the show, I was not overly impressed with Casa Fuente. Right. And uh, now Caesars is amazing. And uh, all of the things in there, the, ce- the ceiling looks just like the sky does out here. It's unbelievable. It's actually disorienting because you walk in there at night and it's daytime inside there. But um, moving forward, Father's Day's coming up. So be remiss if we didn't hit a few things Father's Day related. Um, what is the best gift for the cigar smoking father? So what is your feelings on gift cards? Um, I don't think gift cards are appropriate for family members. I think especially someone like your dad. I think you owe it to them to get a proper gift. A gift card's kind of like, hey, would you run this errand for me? Yeah. It's, I, I'm close enough to you to feel obligated to give you a gift on X holiday or milestone or whatever it is. But I clearly don't know enough about you to put myself out there and, and spend the time and the energy to picking out a gift for you. So here's a piece of plastic with some money on it. That being said... You know, there are certain times... If you know nothing about cigars... Thank you for listening. Because that means you just like my stunning personality. But if you know nothing about cigars, I can forgive the gift card. Yes, if, if that's... But it also... If you're getting a gift card to an online retailer or that person's home shop, that's a little different. Because that's better than a Visa gift card or to some restaurant. That's... I know this is your hobby, this is your interest, but I also know it's highly specialized and personalized, so I, I want to, I think, I think you get a pass on that. Well, if your father has a home shop, I know the ultimate gift. The best gift you can give your father. A gear locker membership. Go pay for his locker for a year. Go pay for his locker. Imagine how good we'd be if we rehearsed. Oh, yeah. You read my mind. (laughs) But you think about it. That's perfect because he doesn't have the guilt of spending that money on himself. Right. He has the locker. So, And there's something about going in there and opening your locker and everybody kind of seeing you. Plus, in most shops, that means he's going to get a discount all year round. The gift that keeps on giving. And also, the locker membership is definitely now those and the man. The, there's nothing range in price more than the locker membership. I know some of them range from free up to 
a thousand dollars a month. Yeah. If the you know if a smart cigar shop owner would actually run a Father Day special for lockers, but most cigar shops I know all their lockers stay rented out. Yeah, I mean it's it's rare, unless they buy a new bank of lockers or it's a new shop. There's usually a waiting list. Yeah, but if you can pull it off, and I'll you know at our shop it's like three hundred fifty dollars a year. Yeah, and I and I think that that's pretty standard. Yeah, somewhere I think I used to pay, and this was. Almost a decade ago, but I think I used to pay like two ninety a year, two seventy five, something like that. Yeah, so usually you're going to be around that three hundred dollar range. But to me, if he has a home shop, that's a home run every time. Get all the kids together, mm-hmm. get mom to throw in a few shekels, and you can get a nice locker membership that he, something that'll pay him all year round. He'll always think about you when he opens it up. Um, that yeah, to you me, take the burden of the expense. You yeah. know, because there is a certain amount of guilt in spending upwards of a nice box of cigars f- without really getting anything for it. Yeah, you know, my locker. An intangible, if you will. My locker's up for renewal, and I'm going to renew it because I ran the numbers. With the discounts I get versus what I spend on cigars, I'm definitely way ahead to have a locker. Right. You know, and it just keeps getting better if, if you spend more. But the locker membership, a definite don't. Don't do the cigar club. Nope. You know, we've spoke against the cigar club so often. Um, I've yet to find a good one. If there's a good one out there, then send me send me one of your random months and let me see. Just shoot me a random month. Well, especially because, as we've talked about, the cigars themselves tend not to be of the highest quality. But also, how many cutters and lighters do you really need? And that's coming from me. Well, and... Cutters are very personal. Mm-hmm. I mean, what the cutter you like is a very personal choice. You know, I've got the Calibri Cube sitting right here beside me. It's what I use to cut my cigars when I'm out here. But I carry the SV cut most of the other time. You carry a Zycar in the teardrop. Mm-hmm. And I'll, so cutters are so personal. And lighters, there's so many different kinds of lighters. Does he like a soft flame? Does he want three jets, four jets, two jets, one jet? What kind of finish does he like? I mean, you can, and you can get into a lot of money, sorry. <laughs> and I thought the motorcycle revving was bad. <laughs> and you can get into a lot of money on lighters and end up with not a great gift. So if he has a home shop, definitely the locker membership is probably a good move. Other than that, um, you know, of course, we always mention the grip clip. Right. And we always mention the, tea, the divot tool that has the cigar rest on it. I'm going to go ahead and mention another don't just because I saw it come out this week and it just every time I see it, as long as we're bashing on La Florida Minicana, th- they've announced that they're doing this again this year. And and we were kind of talking about this before the show of the people that you and I know, is there a bigger baseball fan than me? No, I, I, I love baseball. It's my favorite sport to watch. And. Every year, La Florida Minicana decides that they need to come out with a cigar that's a unique shape. You know, they do this with football season as, as well. They've released that they're doing the the limited edition for 2019 baseball bat. And it's about a six by a bunch of different ring gauges because it's shaped like a baseball bat. We don't need it. Well, not only that, how do you clip it? Well, and that's the other thing, too, because I was looking at this. It's kind of like a Solomon because it's wider at the foot. But it also has the the butt 
right. just the like bu- a baseball bat. So do you like stick that whole thing in your mouth? <laughs> like, cause it's not that big. It, it seems like it would be impossible to smoke comfortably. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, the baseball bat is not a shape that is going to work for a cigar. No. You know, the, the ninja throwing star is a shape that's not going to work for the cigar. Although I would like to see someone try. Do, oh. do you smoke it with three friends and you've got three three <laughs> of it lit and three you take the middle, I'm on the left, Joe, you're on the right. Yeah. You know, the there's certain shapes that cigars were not made to be put into. And on now the football the La Florida Dominica football cigar is smokable. It is. It I will at least give it that. But at the same time you pay so much for it. Like I don't I don't want to spend thirty, forty dollars on a cigar. That's not a higher quality cigar. It just looks different. Right. It's just the shape. Right. And so, you know, Father's Day, let's, let's take it easy. Stay away from novelty items, I guess, is what I would say there. If you know nothing about cigars, a gift card to his home shop is okay. If he's got a great home shop... Sorry. If he's got a great... Okay. If he's got a great home shop, buy him a locker. Yeah, absolutely. They'll do six, Most time, they'll do either six-month or one-year memberships. Either one works out fine. Get him, get him. See if you get him Father's Day. Can you re up him at Christmas? Uh, pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. June is six months. So yeah. the twelfth month of December, you can re up him at Christmas. You could have a whole year's gifting for Dad planned instead of a bad tire, an old shirt, you know, something like that. Exactly. So that's my advice. Well, pronoun- and it's expensive enough that you can tell him that it's his birthday rolled into it too. That's right. So produce for me. What is your judgment? On the Christophe Lajero. This is a solid medium. Maybe medium plus. Definitely not even to medium full. It is hitting me in all the right places. It's a perfect back porch smoke. I don't know that I would enjoy this as much in a shop where there are competing flavors and smells and things like that. But for the environment, for the relaxed environment especially, I think it's fitting the bill perfectly. I'm going to give this a, a very high four, maybe five. Okay. That's that's pretty good. That's about, about in there where I would keep that cigar. Yeah. And all, I've smoked a couple of them. The Bone Crusher's a six all day long. The Bone Crusher delivers everything that you want it to deliver. It's got that full body. It's got that that total flavor. It's absolutely... The cigar I needed this afternoon. You know, Tuesdays are always my my busy day. They're my most stressful day. Um, happens tonight's a night we don't play poker, and the Bone Crusher was the perfect choice. There's times you pick the perfect cigar for the perfect moment, and the Bone Crusher was that for me tonight. But how do they get a hold of us, Trey? Uh, we are available via email at info at thecigarcast.com. You can reach us on facebook.com slash thecigarcast and Instagram and Twitter at thecigarcast. Well, thanks everybody for listening tonight. I'm about to shoot a fly. So until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us. Mm-hmm.